You are now listening to a member of the Disney Podcast family. Head over to Disney Podcast family on Instagram to see all the latest posts for this show and links to other great Disney podcasts. Hey, I'm Ray Parker. I played Darth Maul, a Phantom Menace, and Solo, a Star Wars story, and G.I. Joe, Snake Eyes, and you're listening to Disney Universe Podcast. We would be honored if you would join us. To infinity and beyond! I'm Ray Parker, y'all! You are without doubt the worst pirate I've ever heard of. But you have heard of me. I only hope that we never lose sight of one thing. That was all started by a mouse. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 131 of the Disney Universe Podcast, your official Disney adult podcast, recommended by 9 out of 10 uh, Disney adults. And like I said before, the one is not a true Disney fan anyways. So I am one of your hosts, uh, Joey, joined by Alex and Addie from the famous Walt Disney World or the Watsons Take the World episode. In previous episodes before. What's up, guys? Doing good. Not too much. Very yeah. excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Oh yeah, you know we figured. Well, Alex figured he came and I, you know, because I'm I'm a bonehead sometimes. We're we're going to be celebrating the magnificent women of the Disney universe, and why not I, have yeah. a ma- magnificent woman of the Disney universe podcast, Addie? So thank you. Worked out perfect. Exactly. Happy to be here. Happy to talk <laughs> about some awesome women behind some of our favorite Disney and Disney owned properties. Yeah, so there's and there's plenty of them. Uh, Ryan, he's uh, not one of them, but he is at work right now, so that's why he's not here. So uh, he will be joining us once again for our next live show, which we are targeting the 8th of April, uh, looking about uh, 8.39 PST, or is what we call Disneyland time. Even earlier, get ready for rope drop with us, everybody. Get your cereal, (laughs) get your Starbucks, and get Get ready to run down Main Street, because we're going to do it. yeah, we, we right had there. some other obligations that day, so we're going to get up extra early for our Saturday morning DU. Of course, you can always uh, join us later on. It'll be there on our Disney Universe TV page. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we love it if you join us live. If you were around, we had some contests. We had a live giveaway and then Ooh. another giveaway that piggybacked off the episode that's currently featured on our Instagram. Uh, so if you go through our Instagram, you'll see a little hint to listen to or view the episode to see what uh, you should be answering Ooh. to win the prize. We will give that away live on that April 8th episode. So awesome. if you haven't already got to our last and last episode, DU 130, which was also Disney, uh, Saturday morning DU number one, our first time doing that, <laughs> go back and give it a watch on YouTube or give it a listen um, and then go check out Instagram and see how you can win an awesome prize, a cool prize pack. Joe uh, uh, got the Nicholas Smith, his uh, Wakanda Forever children's book that he illustrated. Mm. And then I got a whole set of the Wakanda Forever McDonald's toys. So you can have uh, the whole Wakandan army out there with you battling wherever you're hanging out with your collectible. <laughs> Protecting you while you re- read your book. <laughs> Pretty cool. 
Yeah. And speaking of uh, YouTube, I just uploaded a, a new video. Uh, one of me and Tori playing the, I believe it's called a Pirates Adventure, the Treasures of the Seven Seas game. Nice at, thumbnail on that, by the way. Oh, thank you. I had to find something. So uh, it was a fun, a, a real fun game when you're at Magic Kingdom, funner than Pirates of the Caribbean itself at Magic Kingdom. So it's just a little bit of a taste. Uh, it to, to complete the, all the quests took about just about an hour, but I put a few of the missions in there. A lot of fun. So uh, check that out if, if you haven't yet. But um, let's get to some mousekeeping real quick. Of course, uh, we are sponsored by our good friends at Discord Peril. This is where uh, Disney and music collide and mash up. So they just Ooh. recently had their Iron Duck 2 uh, shirt, which I believe this was another colorblind artist uh, drawing. And plus, they got pins. Uh, great guys. So definitely check out their website at www.discore.com. That's D-I-Z-C-R-E.com. And uh, also check out our good friends at uh, Neverland Trading, always having a vast selection of um, shirts, accessories, stickers, hats. And uh, anytime you're ready to go to the parks or just like showing off your love for Disney, Marvel, and Star Wars. So uh, we have a little promo code at the bottom or the end when you check out. So when you're done, just hit that promo code Dverse, D-V-E-S-R-E-R, <clears throat> Dverse, that's D-V-E-R-S-E, and I'll get you a nice little discount. And um, of course, if you want to help uh, support the show, you can join our crew. Uh, we call it the DU crew. Uh, these are our uh, Patreons, and uh, we got a, a very good crew and always looking for more. So I've uh, got to give a shout out to Jennifer Alfredo. Sasquatch and John. Uh, all you got to do if you want to join the crew is go to patreon.com backslash du crew. And I'm going to be working on some uh, uh, bonus material. Some uh, still a lot of stuff I recorded uh, video and audio from uh, Magic Kingdom or Walt Disney World. So I'm working on something to throw in for a bonus episode real soon. And, uh, and I think it'd be fun to do some uh, bonus recordings uh, one of these days too. So definitely yeah yeah but of course yeah. we, you thank you guys for uh being part of our crew and i got i got some uh stuff i'm working on too uh for some new swag uh coming your way awesome i'm just trying to like think of the next disney activity we have planned <laughs> where we'll be able um we, we we could record from the the star wars tiki bar for sure yeah plan on going there in may so yeah, that'll we'll be definitely fun. do that so check that out and Check out also where Alex is going to tell you where you can find us. Or yeah, as always, <laughs> for sure, we, we appreciate you guys following, listening, uh, liking, commenting, subscribing. Um, as always, uh, we like we love it when you follow and interact with us on Instagram. That's the place we're most uh, active in communicating and getting out what's going on with us on a day to day basis. And taking your comments back and, of course, loving to read them on the show. Uh, as well, you can find us on Twitter and Facebook, the Disney Universe podcast. Uh, we are on Twitch as well as YouTube, uh, Disney Universe podcast on Twitch and DUTV on YouTube. Uh, we definitely appreciate any, uh, any and all likes, follows, subscribes, uh, especially on YouTube. Uh, as you know, we did our first Disney uh, Saturday morning DU. Uh, which is a lot of fun and we look forward to doing more of that. So make sure you subscribe. So you'll get notified when those are happening. 
and check out all the other awesome content. Like Joe mentioned, uh, his Pirates adventure. Uh, we've got our, our full-on uh, Watson family slideshow from our Disney World Hey-ho. vacation. Um, Ryan's got some awesome unboxings of collectibles. Uh, and, and, of course, we've got reactions to a lot of great Marvel, Star Wars, Disney Universe content. So check us out over there. As well, if you're listening uh, on any of your favorite podcatchers, but especially Spotify and Apple iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. wherever Apple keeps their podcasts <laughs> nowadays, podcasts. make sure you go on there and give us a rating. Uh, we we appreciate any feedback, uh, but those ratings are going to help other like-minded Disney Universe fans find us a little easier and we can bring some more friends in the DU crew. So uh, Spotify and Apple allow you to rate us. So please go out, you know, give us whatever you feel is appropriate. But five stars. Five, <laughs> five stars. stars. Yeah, absolutely. And I've been a glutton for punishment lately. I've been on YouTube. I've been recording a few instant reaction shorts on the Mandalorian at like 12 45 one o'clock in the morning so yeah and you uh, set you set a precedent so now you've got to keep it going Uh-oh. i know i know i got to do that so <laughs> but yeah fun stuff think uh a lot of stuff happening uh, a lot of stuff we're looking forward to uh coming up especially on youtube uh with some trips coming on spring summer yeah i know ryan's got a trip coming up in about three weeks yeah it'll be just after our uh saturday morning du so i'm sure we'll be able to get into that um, and then, yeah, I don't think any of us have a trip anytime soon. I, I might go in May, but for sure in August. Yeah, definitely working that out. So, um, I usually would like, you know, with the whole thing with the live uh, Saturday morning live, I thought that'd be a good time to hit some, uh, some news rather than on the recorded show, but some things popped up this week I thought was worth talking about. And, I um, I know we, we, we listed something a little bit different, but I kind of want to start on something sad since we were talking about a celebration last episode with Rolly Crumb's birthday. <sighs> this one hurts. Iconic Disney legend, Imagineer, Rolly Crump passed away uh, just a few days after we were celebrating his birthday. Um, at home, it, it, it wasn't real. It wasn't announced until like the day after, but you know, cause he was at home with family, but, uh, definitely one of my favorites. I know one of Alex, one of your favorites. And uh, so it's it just such a bummer. Yeah, it's a huge yeah. bummer. Uh, it's, you know, I kind of remember who was it who had just passed away? Um, not, not just recently, but it was go. I was going to go on spin onto a long tangent about someone I talked to in line. Remember that kid we talked to at Tower of Terror? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I can't remember which Imagineer that was, but Mm-mm. basically the the end of it is don't put off going to see or hear these people speak or getting to meet them if you have the opportunity. I know my, one of what would have been the grail of my collection, and I will get it one day. Um, I had passed up on buying the signed Doper posters. Uh, it was kind of an infamous Rolly Crump thing that he did and had posted, I believe, in the library at the Walt Disney Studios. I, I can find and. I guess I'll have to share a link or something to somebody, uh, but there's a cool YouTube interview of him talking about drawing these posters um, and, and Walt's reaction to seeing them in the studio. Um, but yeah, it's a doper posters. We're talking about drugs and things. Sorry, <laughs> but uh, uh, Walt, Walt uh, Roly was that kind of guy. Um, uh, not 
a doper, but you know, he's just kind of found the humor in all, all the, the realities of life. Well, Candleman came from somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, definitely really sad to hear of his passing, but very happy to, uh, be able to appreciate his work and have his work live on for all of us. So we'll continue to tell the tale, you know, and pa- pass on that love for the people who brought Disney to us. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And we talk about it all the time, but, you know, you want to see this guy in action, definitely check out the uh, Imagineering story, the Beyond the Attractions. He was highlighted in a bunch of those ones also. And, I believe uh, he has a book. It's called It's Kind of a Cute Story. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm on the lookout to pick that up as well. Yeah. So I hate to start off on something sad, but uh, even, even us young whippersnappers here, you know, he, he, touched a lot of our favorite you know was a, was a big part of a lot of our favorite parts of disneyland so definitely going to be missed and it just hurt it it it, it sucks because like i mentioned last time I, I was like a few days from actually being able to meet him at the comic shop when the seekers of the weird came out mm-hmm. and i just missed him by two days and i was like ah but and if you can check out seekers of the weird uh marvel comic they have the graphic novels at on amazon and uh he's uh the uncle of the of the kids in that are are he's inspired by Rolly Crump, Uncle Roland. So very cool. And nice. you will be missed, sir. So RIP. But on to happier things, tunier things. Toontown is open again, officially. Toontown is open, yeah. It's uh if you're like us sitting at home and not at Disneyland, you can open your Disneyland map in the Disneyland app and you'll see Quite a different Toontown than you're used to. I'm yep. literally doing that right now. Nice. And I mean, that park, the, the, I forget what it, Imagination Park, or I think that's what it's called, or I'm not sure, but man, it's bigger than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. It looks like there's a couple what? different areas with grass set up. Obviously, the main, well, I don't even think you're talking about the one by the, the Imagination Tree or the Dreaming Tree. Oh, I was thinking about like the little kids' play area. Well, yeah, that's the one that Goofy's How to Play area. Oh, okay, yeah. And then there's a there was supposed to be like Walt's Dreamers Tree or something there. Uh, the other side is over by where the Roger Rabbit Fountain was, and they redid that all with grass as well or turf. I'm not sure if it's real grass. I hope it's real grass. And and that's where the mini statue is, right? Or is that? I, I looked at it, but not too much because I still want to soak it all in when we're there in the uh, summertime. Centennial Park, yes, is what it's called. Yeah, and that's there's that Dreamers Tree. It's right next to Goofy's How to Play Yard. Um, I don't see a mini statue over by the Roger Rabbit Park area. Just oh, okay. some trees and grass, but I I I don't know that the statue would be here on this map. Yeah. Um, also notice Chippendale's Gadget Coaster is the new name of Gadget's Go Coaster. Wow, I didn't even pay attention to that. So, so I'm interested to see if they did any changes in the theming of the queue there. Uh, of course, you know, young kids nowadays would not know who Gadget was. Yeah, uh, uh, character from uh, Re- Chippendale's Rescue Rangers. We all know that. We, we all, all know that. that. We know we that. that. We know. Um, and one thing I did really pay attention to was people's videos and photos at night. And it looks beautiful at night. The whole hillside mm. is lit up and it just. I'm so it, excited to go back. Yeah, me too. Toontown is a part of Disneyland. Even with returns as an adult, always lives in my mind from being a kid. 
Like I remember yeah. going through when it still had the like playground area. And so it's really exciting to see it renewed. There be new and different kind of theming and different rides, especially with like nieces yeah. and nephews. Is and that a other five minute wait for Gadgets Go or the, the Chippendale? It is. <laughs> yes, it is. 45, 45 minutes wait. in Jeez. real time. Dang, that's crazy. Yeah. And shout out to our good friends at Walt's apartment, Sean, uh, Lewis, and Cole. Uh, they were there yesterday for the opening of it. So uh, very jealous, but very excited for them to be a part of that. Um, I noticed because uh, Roger Rabbit is open. Uh, the questions of uh, people thought they took out Jessica Rabbit while well, they put in a new Jessica Rabbit animatronic where she's a detective. Yeah, that, that had oh. been there before they closed Toontown, correct? Yeah, I, yeah. I think like barely for like a couple weeks couple that they weeks, closed yeah. it down. But a cool thing that I, I thought was might, might be a little bit of a nod is she's uh, wearing a yellow trench coat and hat. So she really she she's got the Dick Tracy look, yeah, which I think is a nice nod because I I love that movie so. Um, awesome. Yeah, so very cool. I'm excited to check this out and everything I've seen about it so far. I haven't looked at it too too much because, like I said, I don't want to. I want to enjoy soak it in when when I'm there. So well, what's cool? I know we've all ridden Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway in Florida. Yeah, uh, I've seen some of uh, you know, clips and pictures of the queue here at the El Capitoon theater in Toontown mm-hmm. in California. And it, it just seems that the queue queuing to the ride is a lot better than the version in Florida. Cause obviously they had to shoehorn it in to the, uh, the Chinese theater that was already there for the great movie ride. Yeah. Um, and so one of the things is at the El Capitoon theater, you go through the concession area and it has a lot of, you know, fictional, tune concessions there are power limes lime taffy uh there are scrooge mcduck's chocolate coins um and so of course you know as imaginers like to do take ideas plus it and run with it they actually have made some of these candies a reality which can now be found uh in the gift shop and uh i believe a little snack area there in toontown um and as well over in disney world they're starting to pop up too so but we'll be getting us some power limes and jamming to eye to eye while we're uh, while we're hanging out in the queue, getting yeah. ready to go see Perfect Picnic. There we go. Awesome, but yeah. So if if you've experienced Toontown uh, so far, let us know what you think about it. Um, and on the next one, uh, we'll go through this real quick. I d- I didn't have it down, um, but the Disney 100 will start being celebrated at Walt Disney World now that the 50th is officially ending in a, I think in a week. So uh, what you had a list of some of the shows that they're doing. I didn't get a name. I'm trying to pull that up right now. Uh, eh, 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 uh, uh. But yeah, we did see a little kind of concept image of uh, the new nighttime spectacular. That's going to be at Epcot. Uh, And so the actual hundredth anniversary will be October 16th of this year. Walt Disney Company was founded October 16th, 1923. Wow. Uh, da, da, da. Where? Yeah, no Epcot. I'm not finding it. No. Uh, of course, the, the one that uh, I thought was really funny, uh, one of my favorite follows on Instagram is Gratuitous Disney Memes. And he, he kind of memed that the uh, 
what we presume is a finale or whatever from the concept art of this new nighttime spectacular looked a lot like the alien from Nope. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Interesting. But much more colorful. Oh, here it is. Epcot will serve as host to the Disney 100th anniversary celebration in Walt Disney World. In fact, a brand new nighttime spectacular will make its debut in late 2023 in honor of 100 years of wonder. Um, obviously, y'all aren't seeing this, but Joe is. You see? It's like no. a, pink, a pink note monster, right? In it's front like of. a pink note monster or a spider with giant eyes and way more than eight legs. The production is currently in development and like the current Harmonious Spectacular, will bring guests together around World Showcase Lagoon. Um, Disney shares that the show is meant to reflect the commonality in all of us and that the show invites everyone to gather around World Showcase Lagoon for a show that will unite us through commonalities of the heart in a dazzling display of fireworks, lasers, Whoa. music, <laughs> and light. Featuring an original composition along with select songs from the Disney songbook, this new spectacular will remind us that we're more alike than different, connecting our hearts together as one. So basically trying to do what Harmonious, I thought, did pretty well. Yeah, it fell fell flat for most. So let's let's make us all know that we're a lot more alike than we think, but with songs that people <laughs> like more sung in English, I guess. I it, it it fell so bad that YouTube won't let me upload my video, <laughs> which came out awesome. I loved Harmonious. So when it I'm looks like it. they'll finally get that uh, Walt the Dreamer statue that you guys saw at D twenty three. And that's about what it has to say here. Yeah. Okay. Very cool. Uh, yeah, it kind of sucks. Harmonious only lasted a short time, but we'll see. It will live it. forever in our Disney Plus library. Yeah. And our, <laughs> and our Patreons, our DU crew, have uh, been able to see it because, you know, since YouTube won't let me share it, I was able to share it with our, our crew. So. That's right. Another reason to join the Patreon. Join the DU crew. Go watch. Joe's version, <laughs> and then go to Disney Plus and watch Adina Menzel's version and see which one's better. I'm guessing Adina Menzel. Yeah. <laughs> and I want to do a quick shout out for the fact that you guys, um, at least when we were at Disney World, sent postcards to the DU crew. Oh yeah, that I thought that was that, awesome. That, you got a postcard from Disney World. That's our pen pals right there. That's that's the very crew. awesome. <laughs> I was with Alex. I can I can guarantee they were written in Disney World and sent from Disney if World. If you join the crew, you'll get one too. <laughs> hey! Nice. I just had my from uh our bu our buddy Clocky uh, sent from Disneyland that yeah, he sent from a uh, from a uh, Adventureland day, but that's right. Oh well. Uh, one more news story. I'm just going to talk about this real shortly because I only bring it up because you guys know how much I enjoyed the Willow show on Disney yeah. Plus, and Deadline reported that it got canceled after just one uh, season. Um, I didn't really read the article. A lot of people that are fans of the show were kind of pissed and just like, because I, I, I'm not going to spoil anything because I don't think you guys have caught up yet, right? No. But quick thing is it alluded to future seasons. Of course. Boom. That's it. And but then the following day, John Kasdan, uh, he's the son of Lawrence Kasdan, who wrote uh, Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi, Solo, Force Awakens with J.J. Abrams. Mm. Uh he was the showrunner and uh, main writer and producer of it. And he actually tweeted out the following day that it's not, uh, I'm, I'm paraphrasing because I'm, I'm slow. I'm pulling up his uh, tweet and there's a lot to read. So I don't want to get too much into it. Um, but uh, 
We did big, post that on our Instagram though, right? Yeah, it is on our Instagram. The whole entire it's it's three separate tweets that are uh you know all above the 140 character uh limit. Yes. But basically that um they released a lot of their cast to go ahead and be a part of, you know, go ahead and film other stuff. And apparently the reporter from Deadline took that as, oh, the cast, the cast is scrambled. The, the show's not going on. It's canceled. I got to be the first to report this. Um, but they, they're still planning on season two. He's hit, he said he's in contacts with Lucasfilm, with Disney. Everybody's still on board from what I've heard. And just it's not going to be next year. It's not going to be two years. I mean, it's going to be a little bit of a gap, but it is not canceled. So, okay. so okay. take take that how you want to take it because Disney get going before we get this Star Wars engine going again. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um, but uh, but one thing he was really humbled and loved that the outpouring of support of the show. Yeah, because you hear a show gets canceled, and of course there there's haters too. But uh, the the there's it was it was trending on Twitter, which I guess it, it's a big thing when that does, happens. But um. Yeah, he just outpouring the love and support for the show and everything. And uh, if you haven't seen it yet, go check it out. It's really good. So, I, all, awesome. All I know is I've got a couple of years until I need to see it before <laughs> season two. So I'll yeah. take my time. We'll get there. We'll get yeah. there. I honestly haven't seen the movie. I know that I am slacking. We'll do that first. Yes. Yeah. Which is still I've on only Disney Plus. Amazing things. I just got to get my butt in front of the TV. Yeah, so and it was a and I'll just I, I think it suffered from it came out at the end of House of the Dragon and the Lord of the Rings on Amazon. Yeah. And people might have been medieval out by that time. Yeah. Plus it's a it's not as serious. It doesn't take itself as serious as those shows. It's lighthearted, it's funny, it's modern, even though it's a medieval. So I think a lot of people weren't down with that. But the sh- the yeah. movie is like that too. Did you did you did you like it better than uh, uh, National Treasure Show? Was that also on Disney Plus? Yeah. Yeah. See, I can't. You know what? I enjoyed them equally. Okay. <laughs> um, I, 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 my, I have a more tender part, a tender spot in my heart for Willow because I was a kid when the movie came out. Yeah. So I, I will give Elo, Willow the Elo. Uh, Willow, the slight edge, but National Treasure, I enjoy the hell out of. It's a great show. I love the movies too, but yeah, it's a fun franchise. Very reminiscent of Indiana Jones. And, yeah, you know, just kind of glo- globe, globe trotting quests. You know, treasure hunt. Yeah, and there's have- twists and turns that I wasn't expecting that kind of threw me off guard on yeah. National Treasure. So I have to wonder if Willow suffered a little bit from, you know, with all this multi like multi streaming service thing that keeps happening you know we have to keep track of the show that we want to see in the streaming service it's on and i do wonder because for me at least in my context the shows on disney plus that i've known about are either um star wars uh or marvel shows or they're very specific you know like imagineering story things that you alex have introduced me to I didn't even realize that Willow was on Disney Plus. Like, I know that Disney owns the rights. I know it's Lucas Films. And I still, like, until this conversation, I've probably realized this at times. <laughs> I'm just curious how many other people, and like the National Treasure show you were just talking about, 
that gone over my head completely. Yeah. So I'm just curious if it suffered from a little bit of that like marketing frenzy because the Mandalorian gets so much attention because Loki and all these Marvel shows get so much attention. The movies, if it fell to the wayside, not by any fault of its own, but just the sheer over information, like you said, Joey, additional to the fact that House of the Dragon and Rings of Power. We didn't even we only watched House of Dragon at the time and I was fantasied out. Obviously, yeah. not everyone will agree with me, but I can relate to what you said. Yeah, I've had conversations with some uh, friends. Uh, shout out uh, Courtney uh, from Neverland Clubhouse. Uh, we were talking about it and we we're saying how the marketing for anything that's not Mandalorian, that's not Wakanda Forever, uh, Marvel shows, the marketing's terrible. Mm. And, and then even like, um, and plus, you know, YouTube and podcasts nobody's talking about the other stuff like we yeah we break down mandalorian we break down the marvel shows uh but willow's not being reaction shows natural treasures yeah. not uh other shows that got canceled the mighty ducks got canceled uh big shot which were they popular shows mighty ducks though right yeah still got canceled that's pretty years. that's pretty good i'm just saying who yeah. knew there was going to be a Mighty Ducks reboot on Disney Plus anyway? <laughs> they got two seasons. Yeah, exactly. Two more seasons than I, I'm not going to judge it, but two more seasons than I thought we would have had five <laughs> years ago. Yeah. But without dwelling on the Willow, like say it, it, either it's it's not officially dead yet, but uh, Disney Disney Plus needs to do a better job at marketing other shows, other movies, uh, not just Mandalorian, which obviously I love the Mandalorian and I love the Marvel content. It's just so much more uh, that they're offering that is kind of getting forgotten about. So, yeah, but that is it for our news. You guys let us know uh, what you think about Willow Disney world uh, hitting the 100, of course, Rolly Crump and uh, Toontown. And uh, let's just jump on into our, our main topic. Let's uh, go. That Alex this was your idea so uh let us know what your the talk obviously first uh the book uh what, what, what's the international went well march is women's month but there's a specific day that was international women's day. day is march 8th yes shout um, out and it is march is women's history month um, I had mentioned on our Saturday morning DU that I just picked up on my last Disney visit, the women of Di Walt Disney Imagineering, 12 women reflect on their trailblazing theme park careers. Um, and it's basically like 12 little mini autobiographies about, you know, 20, 25 pages each. Obviously, uh, you know, you wish everyone can get these bigger biographies. And I, I read through the whole, uh, you know, the, what do you call that? The preamble. I read the foreword too, but basically the one, the the Imagineer who started this project and her reasoning behind it and basically trying to give a picture of what it was like working as a female Imagineer in the early days and how it changed for them and, and how it still hasn't quite, uh, you know, become a level playing field in some ways. Uh, but, you know, how they, they you know, work to you know, get the job done and show that they're can and do do the job just as well as their male counterparts and command that respect for being an integral part of Imagineering. And of course the world we live in all over in, in all sorts of fields and professions. And, and real quick, uh, who's the author of the book? 
Um, so that's the thing. It's 12 oh. authors because oh, 12, nice. 12 different little autobiographies. Um, and I chose to share a bit of it each month as, you know, we'll have 12 months. Uh, uh, you know, there, there will be 12 months that I will mention it. I know it's not January. Oh, sure. get through the beginning of the year. Uh, but the first uh, the first author is Maggie Irvine Elliott. And I know to us uh, Disney nerds, there's definitely a name that uh, rings a bell in there, that Irvine. Um, I will just read the blurb on her in here and then share a little bit of the beginning of the story that I, I read on her. Uh, Maggie Irvine Elliott, Senior Vice President, Creative Development Administration. Maggie calls herself a true Disney kid and her roots in Imagineering are deep. Her father, a Disney studio art director, headed Imagineering after Walt Disney's death. Mm. Beginning as an apprentice model maker in 1968, Maggie was the first woman to ascend the ranks of Imagineering management, rising from manager of the model shop to director of creative development administration to vice president of creative development administration and retiring as senior vice president of Walt Disney Imagineering in 1994. Um, and one of the cool things, her story starts out um, with how she got the job in Imagineering. And it was basically, as it states, her dad was already you know, running Imagineering after Walt passed away. And uh, she would go to the office with him and kind of wait for your dad to get off of work the way uh, you know, I'm sure any of us did with our parents when we were young mm -hmm. uh, and she'd tool around the model shop. Um, and then, you know, as she was a young teenager and uh, the time in your life where you start to go out and get that summer job, her dad urged her to get a summer job in the model shop at, uh, at Disney Imagineering. And the rest is pretty much history from there. But I just thought that was so cool. I couldn't imagine. I mean, <laughs> I, I'm going to freak out the second I step on the Walt Disney Studios lot. I couldn't imagine if I got to go in something like the archives. As a imagine, summer job. <laughs> yeah. And, and But, you know, I'm sure growing up around it kind of changes your perspective. But yeah, I was it, like, it does seem like she was very excited and you know, coming <laughs> coming into contact with people like Walt Disney. and uh, Just pretty awesome. So, yeah, I'm like, my first summer job was at very Footlogger. Cool. <laughs> yeah, mine was summer camp. Yeah. I'm not mad about it, but it wasn't uh, Disney Engineering or Imagineering. And I, I was I was only asking about the author because I, I my brain went one way and I, I forgot that Leslie Iwerks also did the book of the uh, Imagineering story. Mm. Yes, and and I got confused with Cole from uh, Walt's apartment did the signing at Wonderground, but for that book, but the book you got they had a panel for at D23. And so my, my brain got all jumbled up. Jumbly. So. <laughs> yeah, now I, I want to pick that book up, uh, given a chance as well, uh, the, the Imagineering storybook. Um, but then, uh, you know, to kind of stick with the theme of Disney Imagineering, and after this we are going to get to our kind of main game slash entertainment, which is going to be a, a crowd participation. We'll have you guys helping us out. I'll bring that all around in the end. Um, but I pulled up an All Ears Net article of the top five most influential female Disney Imagineers. I'll, I'll start and read a little bit of it, but then I want to leave space if we want to just kind of pop in uh, with our own uh, favorites. Mm -hmm. uh, but so number one, Harriet Burns. Harriet Burns was yeah. one of the first Imagineers overall, thus making her the first female Imagineer. 
Her Disney career began with the Mickey Mouse Club, where she was a prop and set designer. When she moved to Imagineering, originally called Wedway Enterprises, uh, she initially worked with models. She created models of Sleeping Beauty Castle, Matterhorn Bobsleds, and the Submarine Voyage. Uh, Harriet also did a lot of detail work, like applying individual feathers to the Enchanted Tiki Room birds and real human leg hair to that one pirate on the Pirates <laughs> of the Caribbean. The, the dirty leg pirate. The dirty leg pirate. The one who's sitting there with his leg hanging over. Oh, my it's God. It's got to be that guy. It yeah. has to be. Wow. Um, number two, Alice Davis. Oh, yeah. Uh, Alice Davis was a costume designer who worked on It's a Small World, Carousel of Progress, and Pirates of the Caribbean. In her words, I went from sweet little children to dirty old men overnight. Alice always made sure to do extensive research when designing outfits, making sure each was made with the proper fabrics, patterns, and colors to reflect the period or the country it was representing. Many of the techniques and processes implemented by Alice are still used today. Yeah, she didn't uh, cut corners on the costumes of Small World Mm-mm. at all. <laughs> no, I, I love the uh, the anecdote from Imagineering Story saying, you know, when she asked how she wanted the costumes made, he said, I want, you know, a costume that any of these women would wear out on a Sunday and their Sunday best, you know, using the best fabrics and uh, all the details that, I mean, I don't know about the money could buy, but, you know, they're basically making real clothes for Make it realistic. The, the audio yeah. animatronics. Yeah. And that was awesome. Spare no expense. Spare no expense. <laughs> the bank will pay for it, says Walt Disney. Exactly. <laughs> uh, number three, uh, we pass her every trip we go, I'm sure. That's uh, right. Leota Toombs. Leota began her career in the ink and paint department of Walt Disney Studios. Eventually, she made her way to Disney Imagineering, where she worked on several of the attractions for the 1964-65 New York World's Fair, including great moments with Mr. Lincoln. Leota also worked on Pirates of the Caribbean and Haunted Mansion, where she is most famous for being the face of Madame Leota. Co-Imagineer Yale Gracie needed someone to test out the effect and chose Leota. They ended up loving her look, but her voice was too high. Therefore, they cast Eleanor Audley, the voice of Maleficent and Lady Tremaine, to bring Madame Leota's voice to life. However, Leota Toombs' real voice is the one used in Little Leota, the bride who tells you to hurry back. Don't forget your death certificate. <laughs> That's her. Uh, also great uh, anecdotes about her in the Imagineering story. Uh, shout, shout out to Blaine Gibson in the sculpting department. Yeah. And, and she's one of the few that has like a full legacy. Like her daughter is an Imagineer. Her mm-hmm. granddaughter, I believe, too. Yep. So, I mean, that's having a legacy like that. That's, I mean, that's saying something. Yes, I was looking. I was like, I felt there was a tombs in this book, but there's not. Um, Mary Blair, number four. Mary Blair. Yeah, we, we all know our Mary Blair. We, oh, yeah. We loved uh, uh, sleeping right next to the uh, the famous Mary Blair mosaic mural in uh, the Contemporary Resort. That was awesome to wake Five up legged and see go. that. Five-legged goat. <laughs> right in front of us. Right in front of our room. Right in front of our room. <laughs> Uh, Mary Blair is a legendary Disney artist and Imagineer. She is known for her work on Cinderella, Peter Pan, Alice in Wonderland, and the adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad. 
She is most well known for her work on It's a Small World, for which she was the lead artist. Mary worked on many exhibits and murals throughout Disney after Small World, including the large multi-level mural in the Contemporary Resort. Where you see the five-legged goat. Five-legged goat. Five-legged goat. And many other amazing. <laughs> the cousin details. of the Hatbox goat. Oh, yeah. yeah. Which Allegedly. He, he's not Allegedly. here. To, unfortunately, hat he's not here tonight. But. <laughs> he's not here tonight. He's with Ryan in Canada. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I, I remember... I remember the mural that she had up in uh, Tomorrowland also. Yes. Growing up. I remember that too. Before they put a Star Speeder 3000 on top of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and finally, Dorothea Redmond. Mm -hmm. Dorothea Redmond is an artist and designer who joined Disney Imagineering in 1964, where her first project was to help design the Plaza Inn. Uh, that's actually kind of cool. Well, knowing that now, last time we ate at Plaza Inn, one of the cast members was showing us a bunch of like cool little details about yeah. it. So it's cool to know who helped help design mm -hmm. that. Nice. We love Plaza Inn. Eventually, she took her talents to Florida, where she painted watercolor sketches of Fantasyland, Adventureland, and Main Street USA. One of her most amazing and visible accomplishments was designing the stunning mural in the walkway of Cinderella Castle. Mm. The mural is comprised of five 10 by 15 foot panels and tells the story of Cinderella. Beautiful. Yeah. I don't know that I got any pictures of it while we were no. there, but I definitely remember seeing it. Yeah. I have in past trips. Yeah, it's just a beautiful story as you go through. Amazing. And so, yeah, this was just one quick article from uh, All Ears Net. So, credit where credit's due. But if. Uh, you guys have any favorite female Disney Imagineers? Please let us know in the comments on Instagram from this episode or anybody we missed. Um, but hold on, because we may get to them in a little bit if we haven't mentioned them already. <laughs> because now. Because now. What we're going to do. What we're going to do. I, was, I wasn't sure if you are going to echo me the whole time. I wasn't sure if you are going to echo me the whole time. All right, you can stop. <laughs> <laughs> we are. Uh, we are going to make our Disney Universe female pantheon of greatness. Um, you know, in honor of Women's History Month, we are going to go through and, you know, this is going to be fun. We're going to we're trying to pick our favorite female characters. Um, and, and, you know, we can give whatever reasons we want for that to be. Uh, but what we're going to do is the three of us are going to go around. Um, and of course, in true Women's History Month fashion, mm -hmm. the woman in the room will start each round mm -hmm. um, and we'll take turns selecting a female character in five different categories. Uh, we'll do Disney. We'll do Pixar. We'll do Marvel. We'll do Star Wars. And then we're going to do a wild card, which can be, you know, it could be from live action somewhere. It could be, uh, you know, from uh, uh, Imagineering. Um, and it could be from any of the other categories as long as it hadn't been previously mentioned. And then we're going to take these six that we get. I'm writing them down over here. And as soon as this episode comes out, so you guys listening to it right now, this is this is active. This is it. Uh, we're going to put them up in the stories on our uh, Instagram page. Um, or maybe we'll put in a post. I, you might be able to put polls in a post. I just want to make sure it sticks around for enough time uh, that you can all get in there, get a chance to vote. And we will have five, uh, you know, the most vote getting from each of the five categories. And that will be our pantheon. I, I wanted to call it a Mount Rushmore. But it's better than a Mount Rushmore. It's yeah, a pantheon it of greatness. You know, this this could be the uh, the center 
uh, icon to draw us into, uh, you know, a new female themed park of uh, all the great things, uh, female Imagineers and uh, characters and everything have brought to us through the Disney universe. Mm -hmm. Um, so without any further ado, I think we should start. Should Ladies we start first. with Disney or should we finish it with Disney? I think we start with Disney and we end with Wildcard because that's the most. Well, yeah, we, we have to end with Wildcard because oh, okay. that would be drawing from other uh, all the other categories that had yet to be picked. And just for the record, you can't set a poll on a post, but we will figure something out. We'll put it in the stories and we'll, we'll when we when we post. For the episode, we'll say what day we're going to put in the story. So you guys, you know, probably whatever the closest weekend is. And yeah. then we can reveal our Pantheon uh, on uh, Saturday morning to you. Yeah. It'd be so a busy that's, day. That's what we're going to do. Uh, so Saturday morning to you. Without any further ado, Pantheon of Greatness. We go starting to you. with Disney. Starting with Disney. Mrs. Watson. Thank you, Mr. Watson. I'll dive right in. I would be remiss if I did not choose my favorite Disney princess. She is rumored to have been written after Mrs. Leah Chase herself, a well-renowned um, chef in New Orleans who made incredible fried chicken and every other food that she ever touched. I am choosing Princess Tiana from Princess and the Frog. Amazing movie, deeply personal to me. Um, as a biracial person, it was even as I was an adult when that movie came out and it was still really impactful to see a black Disney princess and to see such a wonderful characterization of a story I was familiar with, to see something that is rooted in truth and respected back to a real person who exists in New Orleans and the effort they put into that movie. It's just a shining gem, I think, of a princess movie. And so I'm choosing Tiana. Yeah. That, that's awesome. That's it. I, I think one of us would have picked her. I'm sure. Know, before it got too long, so. <laughs> She's great. And we are, we're doing this as a collaborative. We're just trying of to come, come with a field that we can put out there to be voted on. Um, and, and obviously, maybe, maybe we'll ask uh, when we put the post out as well, who you would pick as your five uh, females for the Disney pantheon of female greatness. Heck yeah. Da -da 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 -da. I know it's Hercules, but I'm just hearing... Go the distance when pantheon. I say pantheon. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. Uh, do you want to go next? Um, no, go ahead. All right. Well, uh, since I, I didn't really think about it too much, I'm going to take the obvious choice Minnie Mouse. Um, she's been doing it with Mickey Mouse for close to 100 years now. Um, yeah, she's, she's an icon. I love, especially over the last few years, how. Uh, Minnie has kind of taken on new roles as, as you know the world finally gets to the times and accepts the fact that gender roles are kind of a thing of the past. Mm -hmm. um, you know, seeing like on Disney cruise ships, uh, Minnie has taken the role of captain there, um, and, and I, yeah. I just think it's really cool that Minnie is is getting her due and being held right up there, just as high as Mickey as part of the icon of the company. Uh, Heck yeah. The nice. Mouse family. Can't can't go wrong with the first mouse at Disney. Absolutely right. not. The first Miss Mouse. Um are we going animation only or live action too? For um, for the Disney. I think it be, it could be both. I mean cuz cuz by the time we get to wild card then it opens it up to anything 
anything, anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, if you want to narrow it in, yeah, it's your your choice as long as it's Disney, not falling under any of the other three categories. Yeah. So I would say the number one Disney character female would hands down be Mary Poppins. Mm, great choice. Um, a movie that is ageless, timeless. Uh, as a as a kid, you're watching it, and you're thinking, "Oh, it's about the kids." As an adult, you're watching it, thinking, "Oh my god, it's about the dad. It's about the parents." But you know everything. And uh, Julie Andrews is iconic as Mary Poppins. Yes. Um, Emily Blunt did a good job in the returns, but I'm I'm, I'm talking specifically uh, Julie Andrews' original Mary Poppins. Uh, one of Walt Disney's complete masterpieces of a of a film. Fair enough, Joe. Great choice. Most definitely, and I, we we know the uh, the machine shop shop uh, in Imagineering was named after uh, Mary Poppins as the Maypo shop. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Nice. She's an icon uh, in Disney and in movie making Across. for that matter. That yeah. is, uh, that that movie kind of changed the game for putting animation and live action together. Uh-huh. Yeah. And even begat, I think you just mentioned a movie about the making of the movie. Yeah, oh, saving. Yeah, saving Mrs. Mr. Banks. Yeah, great movie as well. <laughs> okay, my second choice. This might feel a little bit like a veer off course, but I'm still gonna stick with it because she is still one of my original favorite villains. I am talking about Eartha Kitt's character in Disney films. We are talking Isma from. Emperor's New Groove. Wrong lever. <laughs> I loved Eartha Kitt. Um, I grew up, honestly, mostly at Santa Baby. That is her most <laughs> iconic song. But through that, I learned a lot about her when I was growing up and just the icon she was. May she rest in peace as a woman. And so to um, get to have um, Emperor's New Groove and her as the um, villain, even in times that I've just like ended up watching it recently, her portrayal of Yzma is still absolutely iconic. So I'm choosing Yzma slash Eartha Kit because you can't choose Yzma and not choose Eartha, choose Eartha Kit at the same time. And, and not Disney, but the original Catwoman. And exactly. Iconic. Thank you, Joey. Thank you for pointing that out. She's had too many. I, I know I said Santa Baby. That's how she was introduced to me. But you were absolutely right. She's also <laughs> the first Catwoman. Good check choice. on my work. No. Oh, <laughs> he's pulling up Disney Plus. <laughs> Probably doing his own thing. But I was, I was a little nervous. I was like, oh, did some other, uh, you know, <laughs> am I forgetting something big since we're on the podcast that it was made by somebody else? No, but, uh, no, good choice. Point. Good choice. Thank you. I forgot we're getting picking too. So <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna go with Tinkerbell. Ah. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, Tinkerbell. I mean, nice from. You know, flying across the castle at Disneyland to fireworks to your Disney videos at home. You know, Tinkerbell in yeah. front of the screen, starting the movies. Um, to her, you know, owning the role. I, I don't know if that really makes sense as an a- animated character, but um, just her sort of uh, attitude and uh, the way. I don't know it, it, the the. The attitude and spirit of Tinkerbell as an animated character almost makes you feel like she was a live action character. It's, yeah. She was bigger than herself. 
Mm-hmm. And she is, I mean, just the fact as a Disneyland fan, she was the, the, um, icon, the, the, I can't even think of the word right now, but like, instead of using Mickey, it was Tinkerbell that they used as to show off Disneyland, to show off the show, mm-hmm. um, everything, because, uh, a lot of people say, well, you can't show Mickey because if the park fails, then you don't want to have Mickey the face of a failing oh, wow. park. So it, it was it was uh, Walt decided between Tinkerbell and Jiminy Cricket, and he chose Tinkerbell. Mm-hmm. Cause it, and it made more sense, especially when you did the uh, Walt Disney Presents Adventureland, how she did all the different yeah. things. And, and like you said, being a, a symbol of the fireworks show. and So wow. good choice. Solid choice. Very solid. This is good. We're doing great. Doing good. Uh, let you wrap it up, Jim. <sighs> this is tough. Um, because I'm I'm going between two uh, Disney princesses, two of my favorite. Uh, mm, this is so tough. Um. But I, I am going to pick Belle over Jasmine. Um, just, you know, it takes a lot, especially, I don't know, in these days, but to to see the the beauty within somebody, the inside, the heart of somebody, and uh, and fall in love with that. You know, she was not your typical damsel in distress you know she she didn't care for the the muscular man that everybody wanted in fact very opposite so and family oriented you know so and well done in both incarnations i believe too yeah character was you know drawn drawn and portrayed well by both Paige o'hara and uh uh, uh what's her name emma emma watson yeah cousin emma cousin emma um, so yeah, shout, shout out! I right, got our Disney Six: Tiana, Minnie Mouse, Mary Poppins, Yzma, Tinkerbell, and Belle. Um, so yeah, we excited to shake that out. Um, I think we got to decide next whether whether we're going to do Marvel or Star Wars. I'm trying to think in my head. Mm. I think Marvel's going to be more trouble for me. You think Marvel's going to be more trouble for you? Well, I I I move that we. Should it just be MCU since we're talking about Disney Universe? Mm. Should it be open to the pages of the comic books or previous iterations of Marvel characters? I wonder. I'm kind of like, let's leave it in the MCU since that's the Disney-owned property. And it's what I think most people listening to will be most familiar with. Okay. That's my kind of vote in terms of the MCU. Um, is to keep our MCU when we're doing the Marvel top six to keep them to the MCU and not just the comics overall. That's my vote. And and not like previous Marvel properties. Correct. Like, not the comic like books. animated shows. Yeah. Movies, TV shows. Well, hurry up and get us X-Men, Kevin Feige. Let's go, Kevin. <laughs> no kidding. All right. So we're going to go with Marvel next. Marvel's next. Of course, as you should in Women's History Month, ladies first. Ladies first, so I'm jumping uh, but in. But we'll, we'll have Joe go second this time, and then I will go third. 
this one, uh, this one's kind of hard. I love Marvel. I love a lot of the women in Marvel, but I think I have to make the the choice that feels right for me. I'm choosing Valkyrie from the Thor world, from Infinity War and Endgame. I think she's in both. Yep. Tessa Thompson portrays her. Um, I just think that she has had to overcome a lot. We get introduced to her in the comedy slash dramedy that is Thor Ragnarok. Um, <laughs> and Tessa does a great job. Uh, I said Tessa like we're on a first name basis. Tessa Thompson <laughs> does a great job of portraying a character that has a lot of complexity, but still is like a, a hero without being a hero at the end of the day. And I just really enjoy seeing her on screen. And I think she's was an excellent addition to the Thor kind of family slash cast. So Valkyrie it is. Nice. I'm with it. Awesome. Miss Mrs. Creed. <laughs> Mrs. Creed. Mrs. Creed. <laughs> so you said it's my turn now. It's you. Alrighty. So I'm gonna go with somebody who I did not think would be one of my favorite Marvel characters like instantly and this character was awesome the actress is awesome they're one of the same and i cannot wait to see more of her in the future coming soon uh but kamala khan from uh, nice Marvel. oh good choice joey yeah i i did not see me going this way with like a first choice but she's i forget the actress's name but she's amazing iman Vellani. Yeah, and the, the oh. future as for her herself, the future that she has in Hollywood is just you know so much potential. But what she did with Kamala Khan uh, and and Miss Marvel introducing the character that many I did read the comics and it was a very very fun comic to read. Mm. But to for her to transfer that and you know just being a young girl, a fan of Marvel, I mean it was just perfect and just her interactions with her family, her friends, and it was probably one of my favorite of the MCU MCU shows of last year. So, yeah, it was yeah. an easy choice for me. Easily one of mine, too, Joey. That was so much fun. <laughs> I was a little bit worried. I thought it was going to feel like a YA TV show. Like, is you know, I don't read YA books, but it was just an absolute blast. Um, I can't agree more with you with that choice. Yeah. I'm a little I, jealous I didn't think of it. <laughs> I stand by my choice, but I'm also like, dang it. She would have been number two for me. <laughs> and most people haven't seen it yet, but we did oh, see the trailer. We did see the trailer for the Marvels at D23. And I cannot wait for people to see this movie. Heck and she yeah. she's going to be the standout out of a That's good cast. That's moved to November, huh? Yeah. Man. Man. But we're getting Haunted Mansion sooner, though. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm cool with that. <laughs> What's your choice, Mr. Watson? Oh, man. I'm trying to think of one. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just go with Wanda. I do it for Sean. I do, I do it for the MCU. I mean, she's definitely power-wise one of the most powerful women, let alone most powerful characters we've seen in the MCU. Um, and as much as... Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness may lead us to believe that we've seen the last of Wanda. Spoiler alert, I don't think we have. I don't uh, think so. Mm -mm. And, and I loved WandaVision. That was such a great show. Um, the concept of it was amazing. And, uh, you know, uh, 
she she killed it with the portraying the character, dealing with you know her mental situation, but through the lens of different decades uh, sitcoms. I, I thought it was such a new, different, crazy concept, and to have that tie into the MCU was pretty pretty wild. Yeah. Great oh, choice. Wanda slash Scarlet Witch. Nice. And, and shout out uh, Disney Plus is showing uh, a special series called Empower. Uh, so it's it's uh, I think up to six episodes uh, that are covering covering some of the bigger uh, characters in the MCU. Uh, the only one I've seen right now is uh, the Wanda Scarlet Witch one, uh, and it, it, I mean it was awesome. So nice. You just see how complex of the character she is. How great yeah. of a job Elizabeth Olsen did portraying the variety of what she needed to. Yes. I, I'm glad you said that, Joey. I feel like there, Wanda is one of the more, and I don't mean to downplay the other characters, but Wanda is very complex. She's lost parents and siblings and, and just what she's asked to be able to hold while still coming off as the character she comes off as like, she needs to be unassuming pretty much for the most part until multiverse of madness. Like that's a lot to ask an actress to do. Yeah. Um, and I thought Elizabeth Olsen dealt with that very well. Um, awesome. So my next character, uh, I'm going to choose a character that I just really like from the Black Panther films. I've really enjoyed seeing her pop up in the other projects she's shown up in. I'm choosing Okoye. Ah. I am choosing Okoye. Denai Guerrera. Um, plays her in the MCU. I just really like that she's a whole fucking badass, but that we still get to see the other sides of her personality. Like we get to, we see her grieve, we see her frustration. You get to see her have a full set of emotions and still show up in the role she needs to show up in. Her performance in Black Panther Wakanda Forever without spoilers, although I know y'all already did a spoiler review. Um, was phenomenal um and i think that she's also very funny and i think it takes a lot of an actress and a character to be able to draw those emotions from you and also genuinely be funny so i'm choosing okoye you know what Thank I'm, you. Gl- I'm glad you chose her because i couldn't decide between her and now the person i'm going to have to choose so okay. th- so thank you you kind of helped out with that <laughs> you're welcome um still a tough choice Oh, oh, great, great choice on your part, too. So um, I'm going to go with the our original MCU baddie, badass woman, Black Panther, or Black Panther, <laughs> Black Widow. Black Widow. <laughs> uh, nice. Naturally, uh, uh character that got her movie three years too late, but she got it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, what, what just iconic scene from Iron Man 2 is when she's, takes on the whole squad as happy having a hard time with one person and he's like i got him once he finally knocks him out then the whole like eight people she's taking care of and she's just a solid character in in a in a team of people with powers she was just her skills and wit so that's why i'm going with black widow nice that's a good one she did get her movie way too late yeah yeah but uh, I, I was, I'm like, how am I going to choose between her and Okoye? Seriously, I, I was having trouble choosing between any of the women in the Black Panther franchise. I, I wanted mm-hmm. all of them. Yeah, I was thinking Nakia and Shuri oh, and Ramonda, God. all of them. Um, but I'm going to swerve. I, I have a couple. 
a couple that I would have wanted to take here, but I'm not going to say them because they're still in play for wild the wild card. card. Wild card. But uh, I'm taking Aunt May. Nice. Ooh, hot Aunt May. Aunt May. I mean, Aunt May. The, 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 well, I'm pretty sure the only the only Aunt May that made it through a whole trilogy. Or at least yeah. no. two, two uh, as trilogy. a main character. Yeah. I think the, yeah. As a main character. I don't know yeah. how much the other Aunt Mays are in the movies as much as Marisa Tomei was. Yeah, well, I, I think there's there's the one where Aunt May gets like terrorized by the Green Goblin, the older older. Aunt. I don't go Aunt down May. the Aunt May rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah. But this this Aunt May, she was cool, young Aunt May. You know, she was, you know, she was fun. Of course, we got that great, you know, touching moment with her in uh, No Way or yeah, No Way Home. Right, that was the most recent one. Mm-hmm. Um, where she gets to say the line uh, with great. Power comes great responsibility. Um, so it was cool to see that kind of switch in the canon as usually it's Uncle Ben who says that to Spider-Man. Yeah. Um, yeah. We, we like Aunt May. I stand for Aunt May and happy. I'm sorry to see that not work out. Um, but uh, yeah, I like me some Aunt May. I think she's, she's a great part of the MCU, the Disney MCU. Agreed. And her, her saying that quote was actually the, word for word of the comic compared to the other versions of that quote being used in the movies. Ah, nice. Yes. She's the only one who did it right. Yeah. She had the greatest power and the greatest responsibility (laughs) and she delivered on all levels. Exactly. 10 out of 10 would (laughs) recommend. All right. We've got our Disney and our Marvel slides filled out. I think we're going to jump it over to the Pixar verse. Pixar verse. Straight out of Emeryville. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, and of course, we're gonna starting s- with me. Start with Addy, and I'm... then I will go second. Okay, that sounds great. I'm starting with another one of my favorite villains. We are going with the incomparable, incomparable Edna <laughs> Mode from The Incredibles. <laughs> Just the craziest little villain I've ever seen on screen. I remember working at daycare when the Incredibles movies came out and just seeing that movie so many times. And um, she's just hilarious. And I love that she's so fashion centered. No capes. To this day, I remember you don't wear capes as a superhero unless you yeah. want to into a plane engine. I will fix the hobo suit. <laughs> Iconic haircut, iconic glasses. I don't wear round glasses because of her, but maybe there's some subconscious inspiration. Edna Mode. Nice. Mode. She's not a villain, though, is she? I mean, no, you're right. But she's villainous. At least how she comes <laughs> off at first. She's, she's, just, she's just sassy. Okay, fair. Not a villain, just <laughs> yeah, a she's sass. A, she's a you're right. She's not the bad she's guy at all. Guy. I don't know why I said villain. It's a very good... Watched it with too many five-year-olds. That was I guess my problem. So. She no, made the super kidding. suits. <laughs> You're right. Not a villain at all. Eastern European Excellent accent character. has to be a villain, right? <gasps> no. <laughs> Maybe this is subconsciously is it, trained yeah. in me. Um, nice. Trying to think to my Pixar, Pixar women. Um, well, this one's fresh in my mind, so I'm going to go with it. Uh, May Lee. The giant red panda from Turning Red. Nice. Uh, we really enjoyed this movie. Just recently watched it on the plane, uh, either to I think to Mexico. Um, yes. Yeah, it was you know it was a fun movie. 
Um, I, you know, obviously couldn't relate on many levels as, you know, I didn't grow up a young female, but I could relate on a lot of levels of, you know, just that time of life in middle school and wanting to be cool and liked and, you know, obviously had the, you know, the, the, the bands and artists that you, you pined over um, and, you know, was super excited for whenever they came around. So I, I connected with all of that and she just had a cool sort of confidence and attitude to her. And I think that's really uh, great traits to have. And uh, yeah, whatever. The movie's been out long enough. And, and when given the chance to get rid of her panda, she said, no, thank you. I'll keep it. Mm-hmm. Um, so shout out to May Lee, giant red panda. Now, now can be seen at Shanghai Disney and hopefully, hopefully over <laughs> here. here soon too. Please. I'm going to get May Lee and Baymax in like a, uh, and maybe we'll get Hulk in there too for just like in Sully, and it'll just be like a giant oversized character war. I have, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> I've yet to see that movie, so. Oh, it's good. You should go watch it. It's very good. After you watch Willow. Fair. <laughs> you're um, so I am going to go to the same movie franchise that Addie went with and I'm going with Mrs. Incredible. Yeah. Elastigirl. As Elastigirl. Yeah. So as Elastigirl, she was able to hang and hold her own with Mr. Incredible. And actually then when they were in hiding, I like that everything, it didn't matter. It was all about the family, but when her family was threatened, that's when Miss, Miss Incredible came out and took care of business. Mm Mm-hmm. And then she was even awesome, more awesome in the sequel, you know, as Elastigirl yeah. returned. So, and Holly Hunter as her voice, I mean, she's just great. So, she did great. That's true. Okay. I'm just scrolling through my head. I'm like, Pixar's got some great female characters. Pixar has some great female characters. And I think I'm choosing the next best one, but we all have different opinions. So, I'm curious who you all will choose next. I just re- re- recently rewatched Coco. So I am going with Mama Imelda <laughs> from Coco. I am. Nice. She comes out hot, protecting her family. She did what she thought was best for her family, even though it ultimately is what started drawing her apart from her, what, great-grandson, uh, Miguel, and in the land of the dead. Great-great-grandson. Great, great, great. Her daughter is his great grandma. Yeah. Yeah, and that was her daughter. Coco's the daughter of Mama Imelda. Yeah, so she's Miguel's great great grandma. Right, because Mama Coco's daughter was his grandma, the one that was throwing the shoe at him. Yeah. And then he had his Oh, you're right. I was off one. Great, great grandson. Yeah. Um but I just think she takes like an excellent hero's turn in the movie. And she even ends up in a lot of ways forgiving her husband, especially because he was murdered when he was trying to come back once he realized the mistake he made. Um, <laughs> I thought she was a fun character at the end of the day and ends up being like a great little family asset. And they all get to be happily ever after, which like who doesn't want that in a movie? Mama Imelda, Coco. No, I love that because coming from like a Hispanic family, the fact that she- even though when she found out he was murdered, she was still mad that like, well, oh, yeah. you still got murdered. I'm like, that's such a Mexican family thing. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Like you're still at fault for 
that happening to you. <laughs> but she does turn around. She oh, does yeah. turn away. You know, we don't know if she has like fully accepted or um, accepted his apology, but that's a lot of strength to portray in a character. Oh yeah, you, you see it at the end when when Coco. Well, spoiler alert: when Grandma Coco oh, dies, and they the next Dia, Dia de los Muertos, and they're all holding hands, and yeah, great choice. Yeah, thank you. Um. <sighs> Again, not trying to uh, give away others that I might use in the wild card round. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm just going to go straight to it. Cruz Ramirez from Cars. Ooh, three. three. Yeah, I was like, was there a Cars four? No. That was my. That was my next choice. Uh, yeah, Cruz Ramirez was I almost awesome. Chose Cruz. <laughs> I think one one of the greatest things about Cruz Ramirez is when I was watching the movie, I genuinely didn't know or care whether Cruz was male or female. Um, and I think obviously from the voice, you can kind of tell, I think on initial watch, I thought maybe it was like a younger, you know, much younger car. So, you know, the voice could just sound young, but uh, I believe Cristela Alonzo voiced Cruz Ramirez, a mm. uh, yeah. Latina comedian. And, uh, you know, this again, just goes to, you know, the point that, uh, you know, Women can be just as great in uh, anything that men can. Um, and as well, um, sometimes it takes a different perspective um, to see things through. You know, it, she she was able to help Lightning McQueen see that, you know, maybe the way he always did things wasn't the way that was going to work for him doing things going forward. Um, and, you know, obviously at the end of the day, turned out that it was time to pass the torch and uh, shine the light on a new racer. Um, so big shout out to Cruz Ramirez. I think that was uh, probably that character is one of the best things to come out of that movie. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'm, I'm still a big fan of the Cars franchise and uh, my, we're, I, I can already tell we're going to be arguing over what movie to put on when we go to sleep. Oh yeah, that's going to be an argument. Um <sighs> One thing I really liked also about Cruz is that there was like a lot of showing of the fact that like a female character does not have to be overly feminine. You know, Cruz isn't pink. She wasn't like the girlfriend in the movie. She was just like another female racer. It didn't have eyelashes on her. Exactly. Yeah. She just like was a female, like a woman car <laughs> in the story. Um, and that was pretty awesome because there is like a lot of stereotyping that happens with female characters frequently you know the Bechtel test um, which is like the test of how much time women spend on screen talking to each other that is not related to talking about a man a lot of movies fail the Bechtel test so they would pass if women are on screen talking to each other not talking about a man literally talking about anything else uh, so there's no Bechtel test she is one of the only female characters but she gets to progress the plot line and she is an important part of the plot so I'm just it's cool to watch my niece watch that movie and love Cruz Ramirez and get to experience that without, you know. Miss Fritter's in that movie, too. Oh, yeah? I guess I don't remember the plot too well, but I didn't no, think there was so a lot just, of female cars. But there's definitely not. No, I'm <laughs> pulling at strings. But Miss Fritter is the, <laughs> the school bus in the Demolition Derby. Oh, yeah. yeah. Cool. Well, Carrie Washington was in the movie, too. She was a reporter. Oh, nice. Um, I'm still trying to think because that was literally my next choice. Because I love Cruz Ramirez, the character. I love uh, Christella. She's a great comedian that I followed for years. So nice. It's uh, such, like I said, such, yeah, such a great character. So 
Who am I going to go with? I... Just because no matter what mood you're in, this character is always very pleasant and will get you out of a funk. Dory. Nice. What, 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 what's there not to love about Dory? Probably the most quoted Pixar. Just keep swimming. Just keep swimming. Um, P. Sherman, 42. All yeah. The way, Sydney. Yeah. Are you following me? Huh? Huh? Did you? Did you? Um, yeah. Uh, Ellen was awesome as Dory in both the sequel and the original. So. And like I said, it's a character that probably should have been annoying, but it's just so, so charming and fun. Yeah. Nice. I thought about choosing Dory too. Just a fun, light part, like instant comedic reaction, uh, comedic relief yeah. throughout all the movies. Yeah. Okay. So on to Star Wars. Yeah, that's it. The P- Pixar is wrapped up. We're on to Star Wars. You know what we love here on this podcast. Of course, we're going to. I guess it's not quite the headliner, but of the specific <laughs> categories, it's the last one. Um, and so, Addie, take it away. I'm ready to. Joey, you go second this round. Okay, okay. I'm, you guys know exactly who I'm taking first. There is no doubt in my mind of who goes first. She is sitting right here on my bookshelf. She is voiced by both Ashley Eckstein and played by Rosario Dawson on television. I am choosing Ahsoka Tano. She's, in my mind, the coolest Jedi. (laughs) She starts young in the Jedi Order. She has to grow up a lot. Anakin Skywalker is her freaking mentor. That's not what it is called in Star Wars. Why am I forgetting? Your master apprentice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. She's his apprentice, Padawan. Um, And then she just becomes this, like, cool solo traveler Jedi that we're still learning about. And she's in Rebels, which is my favorite TV show. And Maybe we'll meet the Jedi or the Rebels characters in her TV show later this year. Ahsoka, hands down. (laughs) If anyone wants to help me somehow get her uh, lightsabers, I'm just saying that was a weird way of saying I would love to own Ahsoka Tana lightsabers. We'll start a GoFundMe. Yeah, we'll have to go pick those up. Maybe we'll pick them up. Maybe we'll wait till my 40th birthday, even though that's a while from now. That is a while. Maybe, maybe we'll get it for you for my 40th birthday. Hey, that's later this year. I, I thought you were going to, as you were going to uh, mention her, you're going to shout out one of our friends of the podcast, a cosplayer known as Ahsoka Freakin' Tano. So I thought that's what you're. Oh, no. I didn't know her handle. I've heard about her. I didn't know her handle, but she absolutely deserved a shout out. So thank you for bringing her into the space, Joey. The enthusiasm, I thought that's how it was going to come out. Ah, no, sorry. <laughs> you deserve all the enthusiasm, Ahsoka Freakantano, but I was just really excited about Ahsoka Tano as a character. <laughs> Rightfully so. Yeah. So is it my turn? It's your turn. Princess Leia. I mean, yeah. come on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> General not, Leia. Not a brainer. <laughs> yeah. Not a brainer. And for our audio listen, it, I wasn't thinking about it. I was just kind of like shaking my head, like I was like, "Duh," to myself. So. Yeah. No, <laughs> as we make these lists out, you know, it's tough because when we put the poll out there, we're just going to take the one from each category. But obviously, so many great, uh, you know, characters to choose from, and you know, that's why I think it's cool to be able to put put so many names out there. Mm-hmm. This could have been its own March Madness bracket. <laughs> Might be something we do next year. Look out for that Ooh. Disney universe. We've uh, already toyed about it, but we just yeah. ran out of time. 
That is awesome. Well, it's, it's, it's perfect timing. I don't know I, if Disney or D23 doesn't steal it from me before. Yeah. <laughs> Disney with their different food or whatever uh, brackets that they do. Uh, but, you know, Women's History Month, March Madness, same time. Let's, yeah, let's put it together. Let's go. Um, so, okay, Ahsoka Tana and, and Leia, General Princess, uh, both off the board. Um, I'm going to go with Bo-Katan Kreese. Nice. Um, just had, had a great episode with her on Mandalorian this week, um, at least at the beginning and end of the episode. <laughs> um, yeah. Great episode overall. I'm not one of those people complaining. I enjoyed you it. it. You put an episode of Andor in the middle of my Mandalorian season, I'm going to say, give me more. <laughs> um, but yeah, Bo-Katan, pretty awesome. Um, Katie Sackhoff having the uh, esteemed honor to both uh, portray the character in animation and live action, which is uh, you know awesome for her and great. Uh, I, I've been watching our, our friends uh, Skywalking Through Neverland. They've been posting a lot of clips from that uh, Mandalorian press junket and, and a lot of great clips with Katie Sackhoff. Uh, the recent one that I just saw where she was talking about the difference between playing uh, Bo-Katan in animation and in live action. And, and I think what she was saying is, you know, when you're in the booth in doing the voices for animation, you don't really have to worry about what your body's doing. But when you're acting it out in live action on the screen. With a helmet on. Oh, sorry. Your whole body is being the character. So, you, you know, yeah. you're, you're putting more emphasis on becoming the character as a whole rather than just, you know, the voice and thinking about what the character is thinking. Yeah. Um, so so I, I thought that was really cool. And sh again, shout out Skywalking Through Neverland. Um, check oh, out yeah. their podcast and definitely check out their YouTube channel for that and other great content that they're always putting out. And, and I, she, did, um, she did make a specific point in something I read about what it was like to try to act with the Mandalorian helmet on and how you have to focus so much more on what your body is doing. You can't act with your face. You can't do, you literally lose your entire head's ability to be incorporated. And that is like an acting training thing you do. Like I was in an acting program, not totally brag, but I like in high school, I was in a magnet school. That was a joke. <laughs> but we did do some of those things where it was like, how would you express this if you could not use your face, if you could not use your eyes, like the things we use in our day to day lives. And it is from my very low level of doing it in high school was difficult. So I just to speak to how well she's playing Bo-Katan um, for her to look and, and still portray Bo-Katan the way she is on Mandalorian without the helmet is still really impressive. Yeah, sure. absolutely. And I, I did this on the Mando show, and I'm going to do this right now. I got to shout out one of my friends, uh, Facebook friend Sandy. Uh, the other day, her and her mom were at the mall somewhere in L.A. and ran into Katie Sackhoff. And she, wow. was, she was nice enough to take uh, multiple pictures with him and was very excited and seemed like she was. We, we see her, and you see, like, oh, man, she looks really cool to a person. And it was true. She's really cool, <laughs> that cool in person. So. And also shout out to the D23 podcast. She was recently uh, interviewed on that podcast. Nice. So, Very cool. About, Doing yeah. all the press. Yeah. All the press, kissing all the babies. Yes. Mm -hmm. And she, she mentioned, spoiler alert, but this may make you listen. Uh, they asked her what her favorite Star Wars character besides Bo-Katan. And she said Jar Jar Binks. Oh, hey, fun. shout out Ahmed Best. Yes. Okay, I had a hard time time choosing between three different characters. 
for this one. But I think that I ultimately am going to stick with my trend of choosing favorite Star Wars shows. And I'm going to choose Sabine Wren, another Mandalorian. She comes from the Rebels TV show. She is very cool, talented artist, talented um, a, a weapon maker as well. <laughs> and I'm really excited to see what they do with her coming out of Rebels because she was young when Rebels ended, right before um, the original Star Wars movie in the timeline, right before the original Star Wars movie. I also kind of expect we'll meet her in Ahsoka, the Ahsoka show, which would be very cool. Otherwise, it doesn't matter when we see her again. I just know she's coming. Um, and I am super stoked about it. So, Sabine Wren. Solid choice. Thank you. I still say we're going to be introduced to her this season of Mandalorian. I'm holding out for that, but I also think that that's a really good way to get people to tune into Ahsoka. So I'm wondering if it's going to be like a little bit of a marketing thing to get everyone to come into Ahsoka because people are already watching Mandalorian. It's going to be like that, uh, you know, book of Boba Fett coming, you know, teaser at the end of Mandalorian. Exactly. But I think we'll get the grand reveal of everyone in Ahsoka. Yeah, well, it makes sense for her to show up because she had the dark saber. She's the one that gave it to Bo-Katan. So. Mm, Joey, those are some uh, good points. And at D23, I think she kind of let it out of the bag that she was Sabine. You know, she's had the secret for over a year. And I'm like, they haven't been filming Ahsoka for over. <gasps> oh, maybe she. Okay. So we'll see. Is it the original voice actor? Of? No. That's a different person. Yeah. Yeah, it's very rare when I think they get to do both. One hundred percent. Um. So that's you. That's you, Joe. Oh my gosh! So this is tough. I'm looking around my room, all my different Star Wars like posters and everything, and I see Ray. I see Ahsoka, which is already taken. So I'm wearing a well. I'm wearing a Cara Dune shirt for people that care, but I am going sticking with the Rebels. The mother of the rebels, Harrison Dula, probably yeah. one of my favorite all-time Star Wars characters in general. Uh, and that's another one I'm very much looking forward to seeing come to life in live action. Yeah, so we'll see. It's rumored uh, she was seen in a teaser that they showed, but it was the back of her. Right. Ch- Chopper was on stage. Goat, the ghost was on stage or in the background. So. Hmm. All right, I got the hammer here. Trying to, trying to think of stones that haven't been turned in the galaxy far, far away. Um, I'm going to go for the, I don't know if I'll call it the low-hanging fruit, but the obvious choice, uh, Padme Amidala, yeah. um, uh, Queen of Naboo, uh, yeah, uh, the mother of uh, Luke and Leia, uh, uh, the, the biological mother you know it all uh sadly d- dies to a broken heart spoiler alert you know anybody hasn't seen the prequels but uh no. yeah you know she's a great character um you know if they ever did a star wars what if um i think many plots could be made with what ifs of uh padme you know i don't know if you know if, if we're well, no, I guess Anakin was the one with the Force, but hey, I'm just spinning, spinning Padme what ifs in my head. But just you know, what if she had lived longer to be part? Of, I, I could totally see her 
you know, splitting from Anakin and being part of the rebellion and, you know, that whole thing, uh, yeah. pretty wild. Um, but yeah, her kids definitely chip off the old block. Um, and yeah, uh, shout out Natalie Portman, Padme, uh, shout out Padme and rebels too. You get a lot more depth to, to, uh, to Padme's character if you get into the animation. So, uh, yeah. If you haven't heard us say it already before, go watch Rebels or uh, in Clone Wars. Yeah, solid choice. Love Padme. We're through four of the five, and now it's the wildest of the bunch. It's the wild card. Wild card. Um, this, you know, includes anything in the uh, that we would say is in in the universe, the Disney universe umbrella, um, including all four categories we'd already mentioned. Any character not previously mentioned, um, obviously. Real life people uh, can be Disney legends, um, any of that stuff. Imagineers, uh, you ready to start it, baby? Yeah. Start her up. Yeah. My wild card is going to be an Imagineer that you've already heard about today. But uh, considering she was the inspiration for the floating head inside the mystical orb <laughs> on one of my favorite rides. And greets us by telling us to hurry back on the end of the ride. I'm choosing Leota Toombs. Hey. Nice. Imagineer extraordinaire. Madam Leota Toombs. That's it. Can't go wrong. Can't go wrong. I had not realized, like, I remember hearing in the Imagineering story that they cast a different voice actor to do the voice in the actual ride. I did not realize it was the same woman who did Lady Tremaine. And Maleficent. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I had not, I mean, I'm sure I had heard that in the past, but it wasn't until you read it that that really clicked in my mind. And that is also a really cool thing to know about the ride. It's your turn, I think. Yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna go with uh, the aforementioned Maleficent. Uh, I think nice. her, her, uh, her she's, she's definitely up there at the top of the villains pantheon. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think something that's great about villains is they're pretty well- evenly dispersed between male and female villains throughout the years. Um, I don't know if that was necessarily a good thing back in the day, but uh, she just, she's scary. Um, (laughs) And and, and, uh, the, the design behind her, the, um, you know, the kind of, I don't know, that sort of evil sort of confidence she has. Uh, again, another character that was brought to life uh, excellently by uh, Angelina Jolie in the Maleficent series as well. Um, just something real iconic about those horns. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Maleficent, as iconic a Disney character can be. That is solid. Oh, my gosh. This is tough um i know you mentioned when we were hanging out earlier tonight like who i might choose and i was leaning that way and since nobody chose it i could say who it was i'm not choosing this person well, but, we, still, we still got one more round we're oh yeah never mind so that i won't say that because but i would feel remiss we had an entire new star wars trilogy with a single lead character and I thought she was a great character and a great role model, not only for young girls, but I've seen young boys walk around Disneyland with a staff on their back. I'm going to Ray. Yeah. Yeah. Ray Skywalker. Great yes. choice. Yeah. I'm surprised she didn't make it into our star Wars 
I know. We we went heavy we on went the animation school. in there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there there are some great. I mean, great women in Marvel, but even more in Star Wars. I mean, this would be easy to do a bracket. Yeah. 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 No. Coming in 2024. 2024 bracket. Nobody steal our idea. All right, baby. You got one more. One more what? We're we're, we're doing six for the wild card. Oh my so, god! Yeah. Of course we are. I don't know. I thought I only had one wild yeah. card. <gasps> okay. Yeah. I got to think of another wild card. Um, I kind of want to choose, and I do not remember the name of this character. But you remember in Princess and the Frog when they're going down the river and they're going to. Mama Odie's? Yes, Mama Odie. You don't remember Mama Odie? I didn't remember Mama Odie for a second. Jennifer Lewis, right? I know it's Jennifer Lewis. I didn't remember the character's name. <laughs> uh, probably because I'm on the spot, not because I don't love this character and I don't remember it's and don't remember her name. Tell yeah, the I'm people Mama told you so. <laughs> Tell the people Mama told you so. Did you? She's fun. She's their little guiding force. She's wild. You got Choo, you. Is a little deeper. That's one of the best songs in the whole movie. So. Choo, choo. Exactly. Um, Thank you. Did you do you know how she got cast in the role? I think I've mentioned it before, but did they call her on the phone and ask her to do it? Because that's the only thing that makes sense to me. No, so so this was the first movie that John Lasseter was running Disney Animation okay. after after he got uh promoted from Pixar. Okay. And so, uh, and she was obviously flowing cars. And yes. so, uh, I think she either they met for lunch or they're at Pixar, or they're doing something. And she saw the picture of, of the sketch of Mama Odie. And she's like, Oh, I could picture her like that and did the voice. And he's like, That's it. That's the voice. How did you come up with that? She's like, you, That's the picture of my grandma. And so she did the voice of her grandma. And awesome. instant casting. That's amazing. Yeah. Well deserved. Mama Odie. Mama Odie on there in the mix. She's a wild as cards come. Exactly. <laughs> I think yeah. it's a good wild card choice. Well, I'm I'm pulling out the wild card. Um, you know, behind every great man is an even greater woman. Uh oh. And of course, I'm talking about the woman behind the name of the mouse we all know and love. It's not Mortimer. No, no, it's Mickey. And that, I, I, did she come up with Mickey or did she just say not Mortimer? Oh. I think she came up with Mickey because it sounded cuter. Okay. Well, of course I'm talking about Lillian Bounds, Disney, Lillian Disney Bounds, uh, Lillian Disney, Walt's beautiful wife. Um, yeah. I mean, she, she, of course, uh, you know, t- fostered her husband's creativity into giving us, uh, you know, a world uh, through moving pictures that we love to go to. And then from that, actually making this place a reality that we can actually go to. Um, And of course, uh, I love that tidbit about them riding back on the train, uh, dejected after losing Oswald and him, uh, you know, stenciling out uh, the first sketches of Mickey on a napkin. and. When when asking his wife about what she thought about the name Mortimer, she's just like, uh-uh, uh-uh, honey. No, that is not it. Mm-hmm. That is not it, Walter. And if it wasn't for her, we wouldn't be able to graze our eyes on the beautiful petrified tree in Frontierland. Mm-hmm. 
Is it? She said. She said. By wasn't it a, a, a wedding present or anniversary present? Yeah, it was an anniversary present that they go up at the house. She's like, "Ah, oh, won't you just put it in your park?" <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, no, but put it at your house. Yeah. Uh, so the final one. Let's see. There's so many to choose from. But kind of going how you brought it out. Behind every great frog is an even greater pig. Yeah. Gotta go with Miss Piggy. Holding it, holding it down since the 70s. Pigs in space. space. And I, I, I just for I don't I don't say I forgot, but just re- seeing how awesome Muppet Vision was again, you know, seeing it in Florida. You know, her her little number with with uh, the the rabbit that's messing messing it up Bean her money. Yeah. Bean, beam. So, uh, yeah, Miss Miss Freaking Piggy. Miss Freaking Piggy, let's go. Indeed, I'm loving it. I, I uh, as we've figured out and now made our plans for next March uh, at the Disney Universe podcast. There are countless others that we could have got in here and didn't. And obviously, it's going to be a crime to only pick one from each of these groupings. But we will, uh, with your help, assemble our Disney Universe female pantheon of greatness. Women's pantheon. I like women's pantheon of greatness. Echo, echo, echo. Um, (laughs) You could go the distance. Yes. Uh, But yeah, this this has been a lot of fun. Uh, Of course, you know. I, I, I don't really have anything profound to say for Women's History Month uh, other than just, you know, shout out to women out there. You can do it. Keep doing whatever anyone tells you you can't do. That's just uh, giving you that runway to find, uh, you know, the strength and, and drive in yourself to prove yourself right, prove others wrong, and, uh, you know, just do, do whatever you want to in life. And I, I think you know disney has done great over the years at reflecting the times in, in uh you know th- these things that we say and hold to be true or at least i, I say and hold to be true and uh yeah i i just couldn't yeah. think of a more fitting and proper uh way to tribute women on women's history month here so i i, I think it was good that at least we got to have a little fun and highlight oh, yeah. some of our favorite characters absolutely one of those women would actually tell the women to dig a little deeper. Hey, that's right. That's right. I do want to make a special shout out to anyone who is inspired by this podcast or interested, heard some characters from movies you haven't seen or people like Leota Toombs who you didn't know much more about. Something you can do easily this month um, as you're reflecting on Women's History Month is to maybe Google some of these names that you didn't know and read a little bit more about their history in Disney or in any other aspect of our collective history, whether in the United States or across the world, um, to give yourself a chance to learn more about the impact women have positively had or otherwise have just had in our lives, um, is that is the entire point of having a Women's History Month is to make and raise some awareness for the struggle women have dealt with and the ways that we have uh, made the world a better place. And well, you know, great place to start this book that I've, you know, picked up. I picked this out at the Wonderground Gallery. I'm sure you could find it wherever you find books. Uh, but Women of Walt Disney Imagineering, 
12 women reflect on their trailblazing theme park careers. Uh, I'm going to continue uh, sharing these women uh, each month uh, on our in-between episodes, in-between uh, uh, Saturday morning DU. Uh, but, you know, if you pick up the book and read it, maybe we can have our own little DU book club. There we go. And next March when, you know, we're not doing our um, March Madness bracket uh, of women's greatness, um, we can have a little roundtable talk and talk about the women of Walt Disney Imagineering together. So if you're listening and you feel called, check out the book and we can get together and talk about it. Uh, I, I love Imagineering and I'm really excited to learn more about uh, all these awesome female Imagineers. Mm -hmm. Very cool. Very awesome. So I uh, hope you guys enjoyed uh, episode 131. Uh, let us know what you thought. Let us know some of your uh, favorite uh, characters, female characters, actors, all that good stuff. And uh, we will see you next in a couple of weeks with our next live show. Uh, we're, we're giving away a couple prizes, some fun stuff. So it's going to be a fun banter episode. Uh, but once again, want to thank our friends at uh, our Patreons, our, our DU crew, uh, uh, Jennifer Sasquatch, Alfredo and John. And of course uh, our sponsor discord apparel, D I Z C O R E.com. You got to don't forget the WWW. That's uh, very important. <laughs> but that's where uh, movies and music collide. So uh, check them out. And uh, yeah, we will see you guys in a couple weeks. And so I don't know how to end this one, but we'll just say good night. Bye. <laughs> Who runs the world? Girls. Girls. Who runs the world? Girls. Don't matter what you look like, don't matter what you wear. Come in and rain. You got on your finger. We don't care.